Welcome to the Abundant Life Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Rick Kiley. For more information about Abundant Life Church, please visit www.abundantlifechurch.org. Praise God. Thank you for your faithfulness to the house of God. Thank you for coming early. Those of you that were able to be here for prayer this morning makes all the difference in every service. Praise God. Luke chapter five. And it came to pass that as the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God, he stood by the lake of Gennesaret. He saw two ships standing by the lake, but the fishermen were gone out of them and they were washing their nets. And he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's, and prayed him that he would thrust out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. I'm going to title this message, When the Weather's Bad, the Fish Bite Better. (laughs) My father-in-law used to say, when the weather is not fit for man nor beast, the biggest fish bite best. The problem is, when the weather's bad, we don't like to go out in it. I don't like being out on a lake when the wind is blowing and it's cold and maybe there's even a little rain. Do you? Does that sound like fun to you? But he'd say, man, that's when they bite best. I want you to know we're living in a world and in a day when the weather is bad. Just the other night I got a call to go announce a suicide of a son to one of our neighbors. It's happening right in our neighborhoods, folks. The weather's bad, but the fish are ready to bite. God bless you, you may be seated. Four of the 12 disciples were experienced fishermen. They knew what they were doing. They did this for a living. If they didn't understand their trade, if they didn't understand what they were out to catch, they went hungry. It was their job. And they were experienced fishermen. And we're going to talk about four of them for a few minutes today. Peter and Andrew, James and John. Two of them each were brothers. Two sets of brothers. Jesus knew this. And he knew all about fishing. And today I'm going to do a little bit of parable teaching and preaching. I'm going to identify, I'm going to do it a little different than Jesus in that I'm going to identify what I'm speaking about first. The fishermen are you and I. The fish are people that have yet to know Jesus. The nets are our lives and the ministries that God has called us to. And Jesus is Jesus. He's the only savior for the world today. Now Jesus saw that the crowd was gathering and it was large and they were literally pushing him against the water realizing that his voice would not carry as well over land or through a crowd, he used science because he's the greatest of all scientists. 
He understands how things work because he created all things and by him all things exist. Can I get an amen? So he knows that his voice will carry across the water. He will be comfortable. He's, you know, one of the things I like about Jesus is he's so practical. Not only does he know how to get his voice to get to the whole crowd by getting out on the water, he gets out on the ship and he sits down. You know, just one time, I'd like to be able to get a chair up here and sit down and preach to you and have you stand for 35. But he, I mean, he knows his voice is going to carry. He doesn't have to shout and scream. And he sits down and he's real comfortable and he preaches to them. And when he's done, he rewards. But let me talk about what every fisherman needs to know about fishing. And I have to admit, I am not a very good fisherman. I, in a natural sense, I want to think I'm pretty good in a spiritual sense, but in a natural sense, I'm not a great fisherman because there are some things you need to know about fishing that, that take some effort and take some time and, and take some investment, and I have not made these. But here's what you need to know if you're going to be a good fisherman. You need to know about the fish's lives. What kind of fish are they? I mean, they're not all the same. There are so many kinds of fish that it would be innumerable for, for me to, to try and talk to you about the many different, there's panfish, there's game fish, there's all kinds of, uh, of large fish and small fish. And, and what you need to know about their lives and what you're trying to catch. What kind of food do they like? We need to study the fish. We need to know who we're talking to. Paul said he became all things to all people that he might gain some. Now, the football season is about on us. Don't pay any attention to the exhibition season, by the way. Don't pay any attention to that. But the football season is upon us. And the world is going to talk about football. Study the fish. Know something intelligent to say about what they want to talk about. Get into their lives. Don't just try and protrude your life upon them. What, learn about the fish and their lives. Then you need to know something about their environment. That's the second thing. You need to know about their lives. You need to know about their environment. Where do they live? Where are their feeding grounds? I mean, you, don't, you don't catch bluegills in 40 feet of water. And you don't catch walleyes in four feet of water. Where do they live? When is the feeding times? What is it that they eat? That's why I think, it, and this is no problem for Pentecostals, go out and eat with them. Hey, how about we go out to dinner sometime? One of my favorite lines when I meet a, a visitor and, uh, is to say, hey, can we have a cup of coffee? I'd like to get to know you. I'd like to hear your story. That's the way you can 
meet people. And then the third thing, after getting to know their lives and their environment, is get to know the circumstances. What's the weather? What is the condition of their life? What are they going through? I get, I know you do too, we get lots of prayer requests on, and, and it lets us know about the circumstances of what people are going through. Maybe it's a disease, maybe it's an economic problem, maybe they're having problems in their marriage. Is there any way that you have something that can help their environment? Because you know, the weather plays a major factor in fishing. It does. Which way is the wind blowing from? Is it sunny or is it cloudy? Is it warm or is it cold? Know, know their environment. What are they living in? Their circumstances. And take your time to get to know them before you try and give them something that they're not ready for. In the near future, this is what the Lord has laid on my heart. I'm going to preach a message called America Needs Jesus. They just don't know it yet. Jesus is the answer, folks. And we know that, but we got to get to know the fish. There are couples in our church, and I, I don't want to single out one or two because I might miss some, but they're so smart. They see visitors come to church and, and they go and they befriend them, and you know what they say? Hey, how about we go out to lunch today? You might have some questions. We'd like to get to know you. I'd like you to meet my family. I hope abundant life remains that way. We don't get to the point where we just plug in for an hour or an hour and a half or a couple hours on Sunday and we sing our five songs and we hear our sermon and go home. No, we're supposed to be fishers of men. That's what we're supposed to be. But I want to, before I get to that, I want to, I want to talk about the fishermen for a moment. Notice that when Jesus in Luke chapter 5, the first three verses I talked about, he talked about the boats that he saw, two boats. He noticed that the fishermen were not on their boats, but that they were washing their nets. In other words, they were off the boat, probably in the shallow water, cleaning all the gunk and garbage off of their nets from the previous night's fishing, washing the nets. Now, it's very important to keep your nets and your equipment clean and in proper working order. Right, Brother Mike? He knows about fishing. He keeps his equipment in good care, okay? So washing your nets is necessary. Another thing that's necessary for your nets is mending your nets. You don't want to have a hole in your net because the fish will find it and swim right through it, right? So it's, I'm hoping that you're preaching with me today. I'm hoping that you're thinking spiritually about what I'm saying naturally. But in case you're not, I'm going to give you just a little bit. We as a church are too busy washing and mending our nets. We're at the altar, we're in our prayer closets, we're talking to Jesus, Jesus, I messed up again. I said something I shouldn't have said. I did something I shouldn't have done. I'm here to confess my sins. 
I'm here to get it right with you. I got to keep my net clean. I got to keep my life right with you, God. That's the most important thing. I want to go to heaven, and I'm not going to take a chance on even one day of not repenting and, and calling out to you and asking you to wash my net and keep my net clean and keep the garbage off of me. And the next day, it's the same thing. It's the same thing day after day after day, washing your nets. Are you saying we shouldn't wash our nets? No, I'm not saying that. We need to wash our nets. We need to live a repentant life. We need to keep the blood of Jesus on us. Uh, But I'm saying that we're spending too much time washing our nets and not fishing with our nets. Oh, and yeah, I got this little tear here in my net. You know, I had this falling out with Brother Jay here. You know, he said something to me and it really irritated me. And, and so the whole worship service on Sunday morning, I just couldn't get him out of my mind, you know. How dare he say that to me? Or how dare he do such a thing to me? And I know I got to get it right. I got to get to the altar and make it right with God. And then I got to go make it right with him. And we have breakdowns in relationships amongst believers and we're spending too much time mending nets. I can't be used of God because my net's dirty. I can't be used of God because I've had a falling out with a brother and a sister. And I gotta get that fixed And it seems like I'm always fixing things and I'm always trying to control things and make things right with God and make things right with the family of God. We're washing, we're mending, and we're not fishing. I remember my pastor taught me a valuable lesson. He was the kind of guy that would ask you questions to see if you were passing the test. He taught me, I still do this to this day, I take notes on everybody that speaks. Because I figure they got something to say and I can learn something from them or, or I can reinforce something I already know. So I'll, I'll take notes. And I remember one day he said, Rick, I got a question for you. I said, yes, sir. He said, if a person comes to the altar and repents, and tells God they want to completely change their course and go 180 degrees in the exact opposite direction, right toward God. They say that they're sorry. Can God forgive them? I said, absolutely. He said, when that person is taken to the waters of baptism and they're immersed in Jesus' name, are all of their sins remitted? Yes, sir, every one of their sins are remitted. He said, if they come up out of the water and they receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost right there, and they're speaking in other tongues as the Spirit gives the utterance, and they're filled with the Holy Ghost, are they at that moment ready for heaven? I said, well, I would assume so. I mean, they don't even have a chance to sin before they just got filled with the Holy Ghost. So if they are ready for heaven at that particular moment, why doesn't God just take them right then and there? I mean, that's the perfect time. Take them. 
So I, I tried to be spiritual and I said, well, well, Brother Tamil, I think it's because they need to learn to live for God. And he said, nope, wrong answer. He left them there because he wanted them to go fishing and he wanted them to be a witness. And he said, do you remember Legion? And how Legion wanted to go with Jesus and get on his ship and sail away with him. And Jesus said, no, you can't go. You go home and tell your friends what great things the Lord has done for you. Go home. Tell them everybody. Tell everybody what the Lord has done for you. That's what we're supposed to be doing, folks. Too much washing. Too much mending. Not enough fishing. Not enough fishing. And I, this isn't in my notes, but even if we catch a fish, we're busy cleaning them all the time. Now, if you're going to go to abundant life, there are just some things you need to know. No, there's someone you need to know. You need to know Jesus. Jesus will, through his word and through his spirit, tell you what you need to do. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. We need to trust God to do some things and quit being in control and fixing and mending and washing and cleaning fish. We need to let God do some things. Luke chapter 5, it continues with verse 4. Jesus was done speaking So he came over to Simon and he said, I want you to launch out into the deep and I want you to let down your nets. Notice the word N-E-T-S for a draught. Simon answering said unto him, Master, we've toiled all night and taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net, N-E-T. Now, this is me, my opinion. I believe Peter is trying to be respectful. In his, in his carnal mind, he's saying, just a minute. I have fished all night long. I do this for a living. I have caught nothing. You tell me, after I just get done washing my nets and mending them, that you want me to go out at the wrong time of the day. Somebody preach here today. The wrong, you don't fish at this time of the day, Jesus. You don't, maybe you don't know Galilee. You fish at night. That's the best time to fish. And you tell me that you want me to throw out all the nets. You realize if I throw out all of my nets, And again, I catch nothing. What am I going to be doing for the next several hours? Washing my nets again. Mending my nets again. I'm tired. I worked all night. It's the wrong time to fish, and I know what I'm doing. I'm a seasoned fisherman. Is anybody going to preach with me today? And even if you don't say those kinds of things to Jesus... In your mind, you think them. I've been in the church 40 years. 
I've heard all the sermons. I've, I know what's going on around here. I know how it's done. Then do it. That's what's left. Then go do it. So Peter says, well, all right, I'll, I'll throw this one net into the water. All right, I'll preach this too. I'm going to preach anything I want today. I just, you know what? I'm in the music ministry. That's my net. I want you to know something. Abundant life needs to take every life and every net and throw them as far as you can throw them into the water where the fish are living and not be the person that says, you told me nets, I give you one. Now just hear me out, don't, don't get mad at me, we'll mend, we'll mend the net after the service today. I am involved in the music ministry. I do nothing but music. That's it. Celebrate recovery. That is my ministry. I will do nothing in this church but celebrate recovery. I am a Sunday school teacher. That is what I do. That is my net. I will do nothing but Sunday school. Let me tell you what you are. You are a servant, and you do whatever God asks you to do. Beyond your one or two ministries, whatever God says, hey, we got a need. Instead of saying and giving excuses as to why not, why you won't do it, you need to say, I'm your man. I'll tell you the greatest ministry in the church today, and you can read about it in the Bible. It's called the ministry of helps. I love people that aren't afraid. to They'll do anything. Oh, you need help cutting the grass? I'll cut the grass. You need help over at this sale you got going on? I'll, I'll help out there. I'll pick up papers. Oh, the toilet's jammed? Well, that belongs to Brother... Ministry of helps. You're going to see it here in just a minute. We need to put every net into the water. Every one of us needs to be soul winners. And we can make a difference. And the fish are ready to bite. But where are the fishermen? Jesus looked at one group of people. He said, the harvest is ripe unto harvest. Where are the laborers? They're few. See? I'm telling you, the harvest is ripe. The fish are ready to bite. What we need is fishermen. Fishermen. Are you saying, Brother Kylie, we shouldn't keep our nets clean? I'm not saying that. Are you saying we shouldn't mend relationships? I'm not saying that. But if that's all we do, then what good is a clean, strong net laying on a boat good for? 
It's meant to catch fish. I thought to myself, you know, I'm just going to be, I'm totally honest with you today, and I hope you don't think too much less of me, but, but I sat here today and I just didn't feel good during the worship service. Just didn't. And I guess we all have times like that, maybe. I don't know. But usually I feel real good. But today I just didn't feel good. And the Lord spoke to me and said, you know how you'd feel better? If you had a visitor standing right next to you, listen, you'd look at this entire service differently. Oh, I've heard these songs before. We've sung these songs before. I'm tired of these songs. I want new songs. Doesn't matter what you sing. Are you there to worship God? Are you focused? Are you not only in one place, but are you in one accord? Are you hearing what I'm saying? Everything changes when you're fishing. Everything is so much brighter. Everything is so much better. Because that's what you've been called to do. I've called you to be fishers of men. I'll tell you what I feel my best. I, I, you know, I, I, I be careful, but I, I sometimes go over to Brother and Sister Dredska's for a Bible study that Mike Myers teaching. He's a great, we got great home Bible study teachers in this church. But I go over to that, I go over to their house sometimes for a Bible study and I leave there pumped. I just love to see people that are, I watch people during a Bible study. If I'm not teaching it, I'm watching them. And I love seeing people like this. They've never heard this. I've heard that a thousand times. I've been in the church 40 years. But there, and you leave there pumped. Isn't that great? The word of God is still working in people's lives. They're still excited. They're still biting. They're opening their mouth. They're taking the bait. There ain't nothing like catching a fish to a fisherman. That's what abundant life needs. Brother Cordell got up today and said, outreach. I say, amen. But I'm concerned that abundant life is in reach when it should be outreach. In reach. Don't we have a nice family? Don't we get along? Just us four and no more. I like it this way. Don't bring those sinners in here. They get too much attention. I want all the attention. Attention, attention. I just wanted to get your attention. It's not about us. Verse 6. So I threw out the net. Oh, let me back up. Let me tell you about outreach. I'll keep track of the time. You won't have to. Let me tell you about outreach. I'm excited about outreach. And I'm going to say another thing. I'm not out to offend you. I'm not picking on anybody. But I'm going to spend less time being a maintenance man at Abundant Life. I'm done with maintenance. Uh, when you see a sign, I'm, maybe I need to get a sign for my office door. He's out fishing. 
I'm tired of whining and complaining and the same thing over and over and over. Come on, what does the word of God have to say? Will we do the right thing? What would Jesus do? Almost all of the counseling is taken care of with those three questions. Come on, let's not make this about us. Let's make it about them and most importantly about him and not about our kingdom, but about his kingdom. His kingdom come, his will be done on earth because we're still here. He's not so much worried about heaven. He's worried about the earth. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth. It's already being done in heaven. And you know what? It's already being done in abundant life. But what about the neighborhoods? What about the fish that haven't been caught? What about the bad weather and the fish that are ready to bite? So I got some ideas for you. I propose a soul patrol. I am looking for people that are willing to go by two by two in the neighborhoods and walk and take authority in those neighborhoods and pray for every house that they march by and make a difference in the neighborhoods. And who is my neighbor, Jesus said? The man asked Jesus, who is my neighbor? And Jesus told about the Good Samaritan and what the Good Samaritan did for the man and he said, now who was neighbor unto the man that was hurt? And the response from the disciple was, the one who showed mercy. And Jesus said, you get a gold star. You answered correctly. Go, not stay, go, and do thou likewise. We are called to go. I knew this wasn't going to be very popular, but this is what God gave me. So I'm proposing a group of people, and we're going to start on September the 14th. September the 14th is family prayer. It's the second Monday of every month that we have family prayer. But on that particular Monday night, you are welcome to stay in the sanctuary for prayer. That's fine. But those of you that would like to go with me, weather permitting, we're gonna go to this neighborhood right over here and start right here and start marching the streets and taking authority and praying for our neighbors. Soul Patrol. Phase two of Soul Patrol will be that the Soul Patrol will take boxes of chocolate cookies. Some people that can't walk can cook. And if you'd make some really nice chocolate cookies and put them in a box, we're gonna find out where all the new people have moved into the area and we're gonna, the Soul Patrol is gonna go knock on their door and give them cookies and welcome them to the neighborhood. That's it. Just tell them we're glad you're here. We're here for you. If you're interested in visiting, here's how you get there. Not door knocking, not trying to get Bible studies, just welcoming them to the neighborhood. Soul patrol. Number two, the second thing I want to do with outreach vision. You got a bulletin today. Inside of your bulletin is this. This will fit right inside my shirt pocket. Fits very nicely. I can go to Sunnyside today, should I choose to. And when I'm at Sunnyside, I can pull this out and I can hand it to those 
lovely Spanish people, and I can say, hey, this is my story. Please take this home and read it. If there's anything I can ever do for you, my email address is on the back. This is my testimony in 286 words. And what we're trying to do, what we're gonna do, start doing, is if you will give us 300 words or less, we will help you to have a track just like this about your story. And wherever you go, you're at pick and save, you see somebody and God says, give them one. This is my story. This is what God did for me. Please take the time to read it. If there's any way I can serve you, my email's on the back. Does that sound too hard? Well, I'm not interested. Oh, okay, no problem. You know what, uh, you know what Brother Arnold says when he prays for people that don't get healed and he's going down the line and this one doesn't get healed? Here's what he says. Next. If somebody doesn't want to take your this is my story track, telling about the great things that God has done in your life, pass it to the next one. This is my story. This is just phase one, but we'll start with phase one. And then the third thing we're gonna do this fall is the month of October, we're gonna have the tabernacle inside the church. And, and uh, a man in Louisiana did all of the pieces in the tabernacle, the brazen altar, laver, candlestick, showbread, incense, and the Ark of the Covenant. All of them are pieces of furniture to uh, size according to the scripture and we're going to take for six services that month and preach off of each of the pieces in the tabernacle for a month <laughs> month of October so I think that will be a great blessing to you why are you doing all this brother Kylie because I want to go fishing and if you'd like to go with me I'd love to have you <laughs> love to have you go fishing with me all right, let's wrap this up. Luke chapter five and verse six. So he lets out the net, and in it he enclosed a great multitude of fishes, and the net broke. And they beckoned unto their partners, which were in the other ship, that they should come and help them. And they came and filled both ships, so that they began to sink. Now, here's my point. Let's go back to these ministries. And I, I, I pray I didn't offend anybody earlier. That was not my intent. But I'll pick on Brother Brown, okay? So Brother Brown says, my ministry is Celebrate Recovery. Brother and Sister Brown. They're doing a great job in Celebrate Recovery. And I told you that the world is really dark. Celebrate Recovery can help them. But anyway, here we go. So Brother Brown says, I'm fishing, my net is Celebrate Recovery. Can Brother Brown's ministry steer people to Sunday school? Can Brother Brown's ministry stir people to home Bible studies? Well, that's not my ministry. Even if he doesn't teach it, he can steer people to it. We can fish together. We can support one another. We can encourage one another. We can help one another. Peter's ship couldn't contain the fish. They needed another ship and they needed other nets. 
We need to work together, folks. This is not about me and about you. It's about us and it's about him. And it's about them. And it all needs to come together. Okay. They came and filled both ships. They worked together. Do you know that my vision also includes blessing Waukesha? I don't care about Waukesha. I live in the Oconomowoc area. I do care about Waukesha. I hope Brother Hook's church continues to grow. If we reach people and they're closer to that church and they want to go there, man, here you go. We caught these people in our net, Brother Hook, and, and they live close to you. We'd like to deliver them to you. We got a pocket over here. Whole big group of people, 20 people in this Bible study. But you know what? They're only a couple blocks from your church. Here you go, Brother Hook. Here you go, Brother Caldwell. Here you go, Brother Calhoun. This isn't, abundant life is not exclusively the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is much bigger than abundant life. We gotta grow our vision here, folks. And, and put the kingdom first. So here's what happens. Peter saw it. He fell down at Jesus' knees saying, depart from me. I'm a sinful man, O Lord. For he was astonished and all that were with him at the fish which they had taken. And so also was James and John, sons of Zebedee, which were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, fear not, from hence you will catch men. And they brought their ships to land. They forsook all. They followed him. So let me wrap this up. How many of you have been in this church 10 years or more? Okay, a good number of you. 10 years. If you've been in this church 10 years, if you've worked on your job for 10 years, if you've lived in the same house for 10 years, you've probably used up your oikos. Oikos is the people that you didn't know. They're they're related to you or they're neighborly to you and you've witnessed to them and, and now they know who you are and what you believe and all of that and you say, and now where do I go? You go out to the deep. You leave the familiar places that you have fished and you go to other places and you throw your net on the other side <laughs> Oh, no, we always throw it off the right side. No, try the other side. And you fish at a time when fishing is not conducive to your schedule. Now, understand me. You can fish on your job. You can fish in your neighborhood. You can even fish in the church. And you should. But you gotta go somewhere. That's why neighborhood prayer is so important. That's why handing out tracts to people about your testimony. They can't argue with your testimony. You're not gonna get into a doctrinal debate. You don't know like I know what the Lord has done for me. How can you argue with a man when he said I had cancer and the doctors declared and I don't have it anymore? How do you argue with that? 
and you go fishing. I've made my points. Please stand. We need to be about our Father's business. We need to be a team. We need to work together. Every one of us is necessary. The other thought I had while I stood there this morning during worship was this. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord and in one place. If you ever come to this place and you don't feel Jesus, it's not because you're not in one place, it's because you're not in one accord. You might be thinking about something else when you should be thinking about Jesus. And when you come to this altar today, don't think about what's for lunch or what your schedule looks like for this week. Come to this altar and say, Lord, the weather's bad. I've been told the fish are biting. Make me a fisher of men. Help me to be about my father's business. Help me to work in conjunction with other ministries and other nets and be a team player. And let us all rejoice together when we come to the house of God. And let's have some friends and visitors that we caught from the neighborhood or caught from a job standing next to us and see if that makes a difference in the way that our worship services go and what we receive on a Sunday morning. In Jesus' name. Jesus, I pray. Help us to realize what we've been called to do. We have been called to be fishers of men. And though we must keep our nets clean, though we must periodically mend our nets. Thank you for listening to this Abundant Life Church podcast. We pray it has strengthened your relationship with God and will continue to be a light unto your pathway to heaven. If you have any questions or comments regarding this podcast, please telephone our ministerial team at 262-965-5177 or email us at info at abundantlifechurch.org.